This is awful. Should we abandon all plans that we have and make a spooky podcast episode <laughs> because of the rain? Nah, that would be stupid. Uh, I always love when the rain comes. <laughs> when it's... Zero credits. I've got a joke only the children of anti-vaxxers are gonna get. Measles. And welcome back to Zero Credits Podcast. My name is Henry, this is the show where we talk about things. And my name is John, and this is the show where we talk about things. And together we're coming together to talk about things and that they're cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. The the intro is fucked. (laughs) I think the intro is fine. The intro is... if, If the intro is indicative of how this episode's gonna go... We are out of luck. You know, uh, have you ever played a golf video game? Is it called Golf Story, or do you mean in general? Yeah, Golf Story uses it too, but like the three-tap system of like you tap the start, and then you tap in the, like the power zone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then like for some reason you have to tap once going this way, and yeah. then also tap again coming back. Yeah, so I think that as far as intros go, that is, like, the closest to being in the red zone while still getting it on the green. Yeah, for me, it's like all the pieces were there. Some of the parts were there, and they were just in the wrong order. It's like like a a machine trying to learn how to do a process of seven stone. It's like playing a video game with a quick time event, but it's one of the quick time events that you can fail and just lose a little bit of life, but the game keeps going. Now... It is a failure, <laughs> <There's> but it <laughs> does not, it's not a, a, an end condition. There's a very funny thing that some people have done with a little video game, you might have heard of it, called Heavy Rain. Oh. Where a, it's about this, this boy who gets kidnapped and his father is trying to find him. And there are quick time events, because it's more of a visual novel than an actual game. And you can just fail. Yeah. These quick time events, and the story keeps going. <laughs> And it is hilarious. It is way too funny. Uh, Because you just get to... Heavy Rain, I think that all of David Cage's games need to be played uh, because they're terrible. Uh, And they're very funny. Uh, But for the most part, in almost all of them, you can fail most of his quick time events and you just get to see characters bungling around through life. It is hilarious. (laughs) But still, like, some... So the scene that I'm thinking of, he's like trying to find this informant or somebody who thinks he knows where his son is and he spots him in like a crowded grocery store and he starts running after him and it's just failed after fail of him like bumping into displays and falling over bananas and, and like bumping into all these people and buggies and stuff and somehow throughout all of it you're still keeping <laughs> up with the guy you're just do you're making a mess of everything and it is Way it's funnier than it should be. There's a there's a character in that game. Maybe his name's Aiden. He's like a I don't know if he's like a cyborg cop. He's not, but he's a cop with like a mental implant. David Cage sucks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, in one of the initial scenes in that game, you're like trying to find evidence as to the murder of a young child, 
And one of the uh, the earliest interactions you get, one of the earliest challenges you get, is you have to climb up a muddy hill. Uh, and if you start climbing that and you just let him fail the events, you see like his foot slip under him and he bashes his knee and he falls and he rolls down in the mud and he grabs like the mud with his hands and then face plants at it and just slowly, laboriously scrambles up this hill, failing like seven different times. And he picks up the evidence and he goes, hmm, interesting. And he's just covered <laughs> in mud and blood. It's like if you're going to make that a possibility, you know some people are just going to play it for comedy. Yeah, and also one of the best things is uh, if you're doing any kind of like small action, it's analog with the analog stick, so it moves at the same rate that you move the stick on the controller. Allow yourself to play Heavy Rain failing every quick time event, and then whenever you're the character who needs his inhaler or when someone goes to smoke... Move the stick as slowly as possible because these weird, incompetent people very slowly <laughs> over the course of 20 seconds reach their hand into their pocket, pull out the inhaler, slowly move it to their mouth, and then use it and put it away. Wow. Riveting gameplay. And topical because you might be hearing some sounds of some heavy rain outside. Austin has never stopped raining. And speaking of never stopping, tonight's episode is brought oh, right. to you by Wedding Beer. Yay, Hans Pills, more Hans Pills. I'm drinking again tonight. To all of our surprises, this is very light. It is. It's, uh, it's what, 5.3%? It's like light bread. Light bread, bread light. I, uh, quick shout out to Sara Lee Delightful Bread. I've been eating a ton of it. What is, what is special about Sara Lee Delightful Bread? It's 45 calories a slice, so it's real light on calories. And it's packed with nutrients. God, no. Absolutely not. No nutrients to be found. Packed with angel food cake. <laughs> packed with uh, air and, like, preservatives. I usually eat, like, four slices of it before going to bed. Dieting's weird. You know what I saw the other day? I was on that there elliptical that I do for two, two, for an hour yeah. uh, every other day. And uh, to the left of me, there's a TV. It previously only showed uh, Disney Junior. Now it's only, for some reason, whatever channel shows live PD. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what live PD is. You remember, you remember Cops? Yeah. Remember how Cops... Uh, didn't have people talking at the camera. Yes. So Live PD is a version of Cops where people talk at the camera. So it's like Cops, but with reality show style confessionals. Yeah. The first reality show ever, Cops, has succumbed to reality plague and that they are now more of a reality show than they were. Yeah, they, they stopped being a show which depicted reality and started being a reality show, which is a genre of fiction. So I bring this up because unlike the... Junior Disney Disney Junior Channel, uh, Live PD has commercials. Uh huh. And I saw a commercial for something that probably no one asked for: uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Thins. Okay, this is some bullshit. I have very strong feelings about this because I don't eat Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You know my problems, but. Why you gotta make things thin? And, Other than Oreo thins, which are actually really good. It's like they took a Reese's cup and kind of like sliced it in half and then glued the top back onto it. 
But, like, if I'm going to eat a Reese's, already I've made a bad choice. Like, already dietary needs are not being met. This is a luxurious thing that I don't need. Uh, So why do you got to go ahead and try to make that healthy? Yeah, and I mean, they're not making it healthy because any man, woman, or particularly child can identify with this. The one thing you think when when you bite into a ripe Reese's peanut butter cup is not... Oh man, there's too much chalky peanut butter in this. I wish there was less. No, make double stuffed Reese's peanut butter cups, you cowards. I mean, they they have the Reese's Big Cup. Yeah, but that's some Cracker Barrel shit. <laughs> and they also have the Reese's Big Cup that's filled with tiny Reese's pieces so that when you're biting into the smooth, chalky peanut butter, they're just little landmines of hard Reese's pieces. <laughs> To ruin your night. Okay, so you mean it's mixed in with the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I want to be totally clear. I thought you meant that it was a Reese's cup filled with loose Reese's pieces. <laughs> so biting into it would be like biting into a candy spider's egg. <laughs> oh, that is a nightmare. You just bite it and Reese's pieces come pouring oh. out of it at a rate you cannot possibly contain. Oh. Quick aside, uh, there is a spider that lives in this room, so everyone say hello. To the first mascot of Zero Credits podcast, the Zero Credits Spider. Yeah, we've never had an animal mascot before, and I think that uh, this is the first time I'm being made aware of it, uh, but I'm not one to balk at a branding opportunity. Yeah, so maybe I'll get a picture of it, we'll throw it up on the Twitter, and everyone can welcome the Zero Credits Spider to the fam and Into the fandom. You know, maybe uh, if, let's say... Because people are crazy about this, these hashtags. If you tweet at Zero Credits Podcast, which is ECPCWH on Twitter.com, hashtag name that spider, you cowards. <laughs> uh, we will begin the process of naming the spider. That's a great idea, and we're going to bring that up at the end of the episode as part of our plug. Let's hope we remember. I haven't had a drink since the weekend. Oh, I thought <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it's just Tuesday, my friend. Yeah. Alright, so we've got a lot of catching up to do. I, I don't mean to, to keep railroading our conversation like some type of power-crazy dungeon master from some type of role-playing game, but we've got some shit to catch up on. We missed last week due to more pressing matters. Yeah, the I mean, we, we missed last week due to the single biggest event in humankind. Well, that shit's done with. The spoilers, you can spoil whatever you want right now because the creators said so and also because a spider-man trailer dropped that just has massive spoilers in it it's the dumbest marketing move i've ever fucking seen in a time where uh spoilers are in a time in american media where people are consuming two of the most like susceptible to spoiler things uh we live in a time where people don't give a shit about spoilers anymore apparently People spoil Game of Thrones all over Twitter and Facebook. People have oh. just started spoiling Endgame for fun. G- Game of Thrones spoilers are the worst. Because lit- like there was this whole campaign about Endgame. All of the actors and the creators and even some of the crew got in on, like, just don't spoil the Endgame. Now, the whole campaign, whole hashtag, every single Marvel Twitter account, they posted it at the same time, too. So, like, within an hour, you got 17 tweets from all the Marvel properties. But with Game of Thrones, the episode is in the middle of airing, and people are just running the Facebook to be like, oh, I can't believe Tom yeah. Fillibard has got his foot cut off by a mule. Yeah, there, there's no there's no statute of limitations on Game of Thrones spoilers whatsoever. Like, I will typically watch Game of Thrones 
maybe 30 minutes to an hour after it airs on HBO Now with friends. Because you have to get your pizza, you have to get your wine, you have to get your Prosecco, you have to get all of your, the people who aren't really your friends but you do know and you have an uneasy relationship with, but it's fine. And I legitimately have to worry about browsing through Twitter and seeing huge Game of Thrones focus before the episode's over. Yeah, yeah. P- people, there's no secretity with arguably the largest television event in history, which is just... It's a weird parallel, because we just had one of the largest cinematic events in history to date happen, and there was like it was sacred, it was protected until the same company dropped the trailer that literally has spoilers in it. But with Game of Thrones, it's like, fuck you, if you're not watching it the second it starts, if you're not dealing with all the buffering issues of all the thousands of people contacting the HBO servers, then you're out of luck, because I have a funny thing to say about how Darnarius, her hair looks weird... And I'm gonna make my funny tweet about Donarius. Yeah, no the the level of uh, the level of shitty takes from Game of Thrones is great because like I I don't like Game of Thrones that much, uh, but I especially don't like when people try to be funny about it because most of them really just horribly fail. We should never have given humor to the masses. What? But here's the thing: like Twitter just lets everyone be a little arm arm armchair comedian. So like last week's episode. The whole running thing was like, oh, they forgot to pay the lighting bill. Oh, it's too dark to see. Oh, the lighting credits, it's the dragon and the red lady. Oh, because it's too dark to see. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much what it was. Yep. There are always a couple of good goofs, but they're surrounded in a sea of shit. There was a good one this week that uh, some comedian who we follow on Twitter, don't know his name, can't give him a shout out, but uh, he said this... This week's episode of Game of Thrones was too bright. Oh. I, th- I found it funny. I, I found it refreshing. That's pretty funny, I guess. I don't know. If you put it right up against us talking about the dark ones, I guess. I don't know. All right, so let's catch everybody up. We've been doing week by week Game, <laughs> Game of Thrones recaps, spoiler-free, as vague as possible. Uh, and we've got two weeks to go through. So that last week was episode, what, three of the season? Episode three of the season. The short, long night? Yeah, the long, short of it. Um, what did you think about the episode? Let's just give our our, our, our cold, hot takes. Yeah, these are uh, a week old, so they're pretty cold. Uh, so I've been told. Uh, I liked it. I did like that episode. Uh, it was not immune to the weird, like, logical narrative inconsistencies that the show really just trades in pretty heavily now, but I thought that it was uh, really dark, gritty fantasy stuff. I thought that there was a lot of really good texture between the interactions that were happening. I think they did a really good job of doing the thing that I said that they were doing well before, which is establishing an ecosystem, and then seeing just the world come crashing down on that, and wanting to see it thrive or survive. There were really weird character moments. There were lines I hated and decisions I really didn't like, but I liked the episode a lot. And it made me feel like I was watching, like, Conan the Barbarian. Okay. It made me feel like I was watching some real, real tough fantasy shit that doesn't have, like, the best writing in the world, but I still really enjoy it visually. And man, the, like, opening salvo with the fire thing... Such a such a bad story thing. <laughs> such a cool visual thing. There were a lot of cool decisions in last week's episode. The opening to the entire battle, I think, was 
one of the that's how you should open it you know there, there's no other way to start a battle between the living and the dead other Whoa, than... spoilers. No, that's not... How is that a spoiler? It's a spoiler. That's not a, a battle between the living and the dead. That's what the, the thing, episode was about. The thing the entire series has been building up to. I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> are, you mess, are you fucking with me right now? I don't know if that's gonna happen. Alright. Well, anyway. Half spoiler aside, because I will not recognize that as a full spoiler. That's how you do it. However... This is one of those episodes where I felt entertained watching it, but then upon reflection, nearly every decision they made, as in the writers, every decision the writers made was dumb. Uh, also, the episode was uh, deeply cowardly from a, from a storytelling point of view because they weren't willing to capitalize on anything. You've got a great opportunity... To, I don't know, in a series known for not pulling any punches with the fates and destinies of this character of these characters, you had a few opportunities to subvert our expectations about those fates and destinies. And no spoilers, but they didn't. And isn't that what Game of Thrones, at least in the first four seasons, which is really why it's so popular, is the first four were so good? Yeah, uh, yeah because everything was a subversion. Yeah, everything everything was a subversion. That's the reason why the Song of Ice and Fire books are not good, but why they're relatively famous is they subvert our expectations for this kind of fiction. Especially that one big awful event called the Red Wedding that everyone has always talked about yeah. was a massive subversion of fantasy tropes, of storytelling tropes, and that's why it's so memorable. And they have not been able to pull the trigger on anything like that in quite some time. It's, it's it's disappointing that this is how a certain element of the show ends, because it took me a week to realize or, or to to come across the comment. The show opens with this, and then gets you get buried in the minutia of all these political dealings, and you're like, oh, this is what the show is about. But really, what Martin sets out in the books is. There's a large issue going that that's, that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And it's up to the people to put their dumb political stuff aside to deal with this. This is going to be the thing. Mm -hmm. And we are in the halfway point of the season. The thing becomes a non-thing. Yeah. It, it's the argument that, and this is a, I think it's a, an argument with some staying power, is that the books are about that one thing that happens during the first chapter with Benjen Stark, right? And, and the, the uh, there's like three of them. Yeah, the three... Benjen like, and two others. Yeah, the, the Outriders, what they see beyond the wall is what this series is about. Yeah. And everything other than that is these people on the other side of this thing getting ready to or failing to get ready to combat this thing because this is the only thing that matters and trumps in its entirety everything else and for the show they decided that this was like a plot point but what really mattered was the drama yeah which i get yes you you want your human interactions you want the humanity of it to shine through and be the driving force but like you also need your exterior conflicts your external conflicts to be taken seriously and be the backdrop to that human interaction 
And that's just not how this episode kind of played out. Yeah. It's uh, sad. I, I feel like we could get caught up talking about that episode because it's a real red-letter episode. And so we, we, we bid adieu to that horrible episode, and then we jump into this week's episode, which I have delightfully entitled probably the worst episode of Game of Thrones to ever air and the entirety of the show until next week. I disagree, but only slightly. Uh, <laughs> there were there was a lot of stuff in season five and six that I really hated. Uh, but okay, so c- can I amend it to say this is pr- probably the worst episode this season? Oh no, absolutely, without a doubt, this is the worst episode this season. The first two were charming. The third one was entertaining. This one was neither. And so we will punctuate that point with a second beer. I uh, really, I love when you open a beer and it does that little tiny foam spray like it's enough to go away after a second, but it makes me feel like a powerful lord. Well, I guess... Okay, there were there were some good redeeming moments, I think, in this horrible episode. Um, to stay in vague terms, but like the living and the consequences of the results of the last episode were very heartwarming warming after like the shortest coldest night of the year yeah you you get to see kind of these like you you get to see almost like a a visual or intellectual montage back to other feast scenes that you have seen post battle particularly in the early show and it feels like these characters have fought for and won this even though there's some really messed up stuff about how this show seems to think that trauma works as a character building element. Oh, you're, you're, yes. Yeah. Which is really gross. Like, uh, kind of like canceled grade gross, but no one's talking about it. I, I mean, for two male writers to put those words in an actress's mouth about certain topics that they cannot possibly relate to. Yep. And then for that same episode to have the line, cocks are important, there's a lot of weird stuff creeping up. And, and like, and, and for the people who have been paying attention to, to these sort of topics, they're like, no, it's not creeping up. This has been in the show the entire fucking time. Yeah. And now it's just they're putting words directly in the mouths of people, so you're noticing. Whereas before, we're like, well, yeah, but in the books, and, and it's the setting and all this other stuff. So maybe... Maybe the writers are creeps. I don't know. In the books, this stuff happens, but it's not... It's, it's not, not glorified. Yeah, it's not ever framed as, like, a character-building moment. In, in the books, they're like, bad stuff happens, and it's just bad, and people are sad about it. Sorry. Yeah. But in the show, it's like, it happens for a reason, and I got back at him. Yeah. Like, the books have an underlying theme of, like, life sucks. The end. Like, yeah. there, there's no... the the, the, the Time and time again, the, the books make fun of a greater purpose. Like, there's a reason why there's eight different religions, because all people are looking for their greatest pur- pur- greater purpose, and, like, the so-called gods of the world are largely silent. Yeah, and, and the, the gods that do exist, or could be argued to exist, uh, are uncaring, and fickle, and strange, and maybe evil. Pro- yeah, possibly selfish, and has no doesn't care about humanity at all only to further its own game games only for the i don't know how would you say that 
only to further its own aims. Aims, games. Uh, I don't know what word I was trying to say. Uh, but uh, there's also, I don't know, there's some really gross stuff. There's Further some, its own games? I'm flexing. There's some really gross stuff in this episode. Not only <sighs> not only in terms of, like, gross character interactions and... Uh, it's fine. You can't, you can't, like, it's not even, like, let's single out that as, like, the glaring problem. Because it's, it, it's, it's like, it's not like, oh, we can overlook it because the story's good. The story sucks, too. Yeah. The characters aren't acting like they should. And, and like, it's just, it's, it's... There's a moment where... There's I'm, a Starbucks cup. There's a Starbucks cup. There's, there have been other goofs. Jamie Lannister was holding a Chick-fil-A cup at one point. Uh, but, I mean, the, the, do they just not care anymore? I think that for the amount of care and production... Here's... Here's my controversial opinion. I don't give a shit about the Starbucks cup. I think that's fine. I think the amount of work that these people put in, like, on months and months and months to make this show what it is, I think production gaffes are totally understandable. All I'm saying is, they filmed it. No one noticed. They edited it. No one noticed. And then it airs. Everyone notices which means somebody knows. Somebody raised a point, and somebody, somebody in power was like, "Well, we can't do anything about it." And then somebody's hand went up and said, "We have a huge CGI budget for dragons and a wolf." Are those spoilers? I mean, they're in the books. Dragons and a wolf. We can't CGI a coffee cup out of a shot. A shot that's like very easy because it's not dynamic to edit something out. Like, I could do that in Photoshop. The, the problem is that the, the images that are going around are considerably lightened, and there were way more people watching that show than there were in the editing bay. You're absolutely there right. There were hundreds of thousands of people watching that show, and I just, it just think... took a couple people, maybe one person knows it, and posted on Twitter. It's a very easy thing to miss, and I think that... Fire everyone on the show. Well, actually, wait... This is the last season, so they've already moved on. Uh, I, I think that... Nice loophole, editors. I think that there are way worse things to discuss than the Starbucks Cup. Though there is a conspiracy theory that the Starbucks Cup was left in there to uh, keep people's attention away from the writing being bad. Uh, can we talk about the fact that there is a moment in this episode where a, uh, a seasons-long, like, quasi-relationship, including, like, unrequited love or lust and admiration and character development is solved by random hot women who show up and offer to sleep with people yeah i mean if you want to if you want a, a school if you want a lesson if you want to go to a, a lecture about how to like become anticlimactic how to how to just throw away a couple of seasons worth of anticip anticipation uh, just watch that last episode, and you can see, for seemingly no reason, a character giving up the long chase after... Uh, and it, it's not even that. It's the fact that the, the writers saw fit to go, Oh, no, this, this person has to... They have to deal with disappointment. They have to deal with, like, romantic and, like, ideological disappointment. Because it's, it's the intersection of, like... Two cultures and someone standing for what someone believes to be part of their culture, which is necessary to their relationship. And they're like, oh, how just the real 
forlornness of that kind of feeling, how do you solve it? Ah, sex with people who didn't exist before this and just showed up to have sex. And will not exist. None of these girls... I've been around. It's it's James Bond writing. It's it's writing emotions off by saying, well, they had sex, so I guess it's fine. Yep. That was really insulting. This episode was insulting. Uh, if we but... could talk spoilers, like, man, I could I could dive into why exactly why this is a super bad episode and not in, like, the Seth Rogen way. It's, Seth no, Rogen's not... not in that movie. Uh, is he not? He's I've never not. seen it. Uh, no, the, uh, fuck that episode. So bad. It's bad. And, uh, and, it's bad for a reason, John, and I want, I want... Other than the reasons we discussed? It's, yes, sorry, it's bad for an overarching reason, a larger reason than the individual details. It's bad because this show has been run by two people that are hacks, that are bad at doing their job, and I want to use my platform to call them out. But what if the Civil War did happen different? David Benioff is a writer in Hollywood and TV. He is one half of the showrunners of Game of Thrones. Can we walk through some of his other projects that he's been a part of? Absolutely. Um, Game of Thrones? <laughs> no. Have you ever heard of a movie called X-Men Origins Wolverine? Uh, I believe I've heard of it. The video game was quite good. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay for that. Ooh. Have you heard of a 2004 movie called Troy? Yes. Yeah, you know the, the ancient Greek movie that had no ancient Greek mythology in it? Wait, do you mean 300? No, Troy. Oh, you mean 300? I don't, I don't know the bit you're doing, because that was Roman. Because they made no, it wasn't. they made Troy to be like uh, they made Troy because three hundred was popular. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Okay. Well, he wrote the screenplay for that. So we've got two works here, based on other works that don't respect the source material. Yeah. Do you sense a trend? <laughs> uh, maybe. Now he also wrote a little two thousand nine movie that I might have mentioned on the uh, the podcast before. Uh, do you remember? Me talking about Brothers. In Arms? No, just the movie called Brothers. Yeah. Toby McGuire. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Toby Did Mag- he really write Brothers? He wrote Brothers. This movie that we came up with in Sir Timo for no reason? Yes, he wrote that. Wasn't that completely unrelated that to was, Game of Thrones? That was, that was just me remembering <laughs> the plot <laughs> of the movie Brothers. Yes. He wrote that. So, you've got, on one half, a writer who has never really respected the source material he's worked with. Uh, the other half, what's the other guy's name? D.B. Weiss. Uh, I'm gonna look up his, uh, IMDB history. D.B. Weiss, you say? Yeah. Let's look up... It stands for David Benioff Weiss. <laughs> Let's look up um, his IMDB, uh, filmography, all, all of the works that he's worked on. Um, Game of Thrones, and that's it. Oh, yeah. This is his first job. He did, uh, he did, did he write an episode of Always Sunny, or was he in it? That was in the middle. Oh, yeah. Of this Game of Thrones run. So, on one hand, we have a writer who has never respected the source material. On the other hand, we have a writer who, this is his first job. You know, not all firsts can be good. How? For eight seasons, we have dealt with this. 
How is everyone is calling out the bad writing? Why do we let them get away with it? I mean, was uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, were they writing the show from the beginning? Yeah, they've been on it since the beginning. It's because they had fantastic screenplays to start with. The books? Yeah, they had really good screenplays. Allegedly, there's a, a, a piece of trivia that likes to float around in all these dumb listicles about fun facts that'll blow your mind about Game of Thrones. Apparently, they got the job because uh, George R. R. Martin asked them, who's John's real mother? And they could give the answer. And I can only think, they must have been on forums that had theories, and they just recited those, because there's no way in hell they read, read the source material deep enough to be able to answer that question. I don't want to be uh, overly critical of D.B. Weiss and David Benham. I do! I, no one cares about the fucking Civil War! I like to imagine that they uh, they were asked by George R. R. Martin in his uh, hotel room that smelled like salmon pie or whatever. Uh, and they like... Hot pie. They consulted and they wrote something down. They passed it to him. And uh, George R. R. Martin turned it over and he started to chuckle. A low... Slow chuckle of a man deep in his ears. The camera pans behind George R. R. Martin as he chuckles. The paper just says, A wolf. <laughs> and he says, You're hired. You're hired because I think it would be funny if you failed. I'm hiring you as a joke. I mean, uh, George R. R. Martin gets to write whatever he wants and is now a quadrillionaire, so he's doing okay. Bad episode. Bad episode. It's it's impossible to talk about how bad this episode was without spoiling anything, so I won't. Yeah, I, I think we have to wrap up our discussion, because that's not the aims of this, this episode of the podcast. That's just a little fun, flavorful segment we're doing each week. Oh, did and you so- say fun, flavorful, or fun, flavorful? <laughs> I'll let the fans decide. <laughs> my uh, my favorite of the uh, Stark Direwolves was a flavorful. <laughs> Given to a Marlboro Man Stark. He wore sunglasses and he was pink, like yeah. strawberries. Uh, Flavor Wolf, dead in book three. Ride the juicy wave to dead in book three. That's a shame. His, that's his catchphrase. It's a real shame because a Mar- Marlboro Man Stark, the child who uh, had Flavor Wolf, died in book one. Of, of lung cancer? Yeah, he, he, he died... On his bed alone, while uh, Robert Baratheon sat infirmed. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. So now I'm gonna quickly catch up on all the other stuff that happened. Uh, I'm just gonna do a little timeline uh, of events. I'm gonna and I'm gonna kind of channel one of my great heroes, a hero I've always strived to be. David Benioff, a certain blue speedy hero. I'm gonna rattle off these events and. Sonic Speed! Oh, can I be Dr. Robotnik? Mm-hmm. I'm Jim Carrey. Alright, so here, here's the list of events that we've missed since last week. We're just going to run through them really quick. Uh, Paramount Pictures dropped a Sonic trailer. Everybody hated it. <laughs> the, the people behind the movie decided that they're going to change Sonic's looks to the end. And they're going to exploit uh, excess labor by making people work crunch to make it look different. I hope that's not the case. I hope they get union rules and overtime. Never going to happen. Oh, Next. no. That was it. Oh, okay. That was the whole timeline. Yeah, that's pretty much that's the, the only thing we missed. You know, uh, given what has happened in the uh, American socio-political economic sphere, my favorite sphere, by the way, 
Uh, oh, I think the flavors here. I think that's the only thing we really would have talked about is the Sonic trailer. What the, it dominated like three days of last week of people just like reacting to the trailer, coming up with memes, and then by the end of the week, the director was like, "Yeah, we're gonna fix it." Who puts Gangsters Paradise in a trailer? It's what not two thousand. It's not two thousand four. Like. In 2004, that would have been, like, a cheeky, fun decision. I, I don't... This movie is lost in time. This movie is Billy Pilgrim. I, I broke my one rule. I killed someone. <laughs> and, and then shortly after... Shortly after, I watched the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog and was greeted with the, the eye cancer that was... I don't want to... Look, I'm sure James Marsden... And Jim Carrey are having fun with it. And Ben Schwartz, God rest his soul, voices this hedgehog. But the marketing decision to put Gangster's Paradise on this and to, to just all of... Apparently Sonic is an alien. All of the decisions made about this movie make me think no one involved had ever before heard of Sonic. No, it's uh, it's very simple. It's what I like to call a uh, Super Mario Brothers the movie situation. Oh, Mario Mario? In that, uh, the people who are making this movie are cowards. Yeah. And it, it's a simple explanation because all it takes is for people to pitch an idea or come into a certain amount of, like, narrative or some amount of cachet where they can pitch a Sonic the Hedgehog movie to a major studio like, I don't know, Paramount. They seem like they'd shit this out. I don't know if it's Paramount. It is. Oh, great. Absolutely on brand. Uh, but I, Honestly, before watching the trailer, sorry to interrupt. Oh, it's fine. Uh, I forgot Paramount was a studio. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they went to those rotating stars and they said, hey, Paramount, can we make Sonic? And they said yes. And whoever pitched that to them, they were enough of a coward in that whenever anyone said what if sonic was this they're like sure i don't i don't have the presence of mind or the free will to fight back and i just kind of want to make this money and be famous so go for it 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 happens time and time again and the only way that you get something that is i mean for sonic you don't have to care about the source material because the sonic the hedgehog source material at this point is diluted to the point of becoming satire Sonic kisses a lady. There's an evil hedgehog called Shadow. There's a fishing cat called Big the Cat. There's another evil hedgehog called Silver. Yeah, there's a silver hedgehog with the power of the Havoc physics engine. And if you if you look at, like, the possibilities there, it's very low that something would stick to, like, a, a, a rosy version of the source material. The only way that would happen is if you get what I like to call a Shazam or a Marvel. So Shazam as in what? You get a Shazam in that you get a director and a creative force behind a movie that just kind of gets it and doesn't push for dumbass changes. Or you get a Marvel where you have the power of decades at your side to wait until you can make the thing that's representative of a relatively pure creative vision. Because if you just get people and you say, this movie seems like a good idea, it's not gonna be. Yeah. It never is. You need somebody who's really inspired by the source material to take the creative fight to the creative, non-creative heads to be like, Sonic shouldn't look like a weird garbage monster with human individual teeth. 
He has human individual <laughs> teeth. He does. You just need people who are willing to go to the mat for someone's creative vision. And that's rare. And also... We're gonna... I have nothing to punctuate with. I have nothing, no ill will to Mr. Carey. To Jim. I've enjoyed a few of his movies. I really like Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Apparently he became a weird anti-vax Scientology person or something. I don't know. Can I back up and say that I actually do bear ill will towards Jim Carrey? He seems like a dick and an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, you can. I have no ill will to pass Jim Carrey. But it seems like he was like... They handed him a script. And he's like, oh, I play someone named Dr. Eggman? Are these lines optional? <laughs> he does that for every role. Are these lines... These lines are optional. I can have other people give the punchlines, right? I can have a straight-laced man in a suit turn to a man in a military uniform and say, he's calling you basic, and that be the This is the writing? I mean, I'm pretty sure Jim Carrey will look at any script. This one included be like, oh, cool. These are, like, suggestions, right? Yeah. Because I'm just going to kind of do my thing. Yeah. I'm just gonna kind of do my Jim Carrey thing. It's so weird to live in a world where Detective Pikachu looks like the better option between the two. I have... I'll be totally honest with you. I've done such a hard turnaround on Detective Pikachu because when initially everything came out of it, I was like, this looks like shit. Uh, and then the more that I see about it, I have genuine hopes that Detective Pikachu is kind of a movie with some heart and repute. Um, and from, like, early screenings, people seem to think it's pretty okay. A random fun fact. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Lion Reynolds. I love that Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds posted uh, something to his YouTube channel today. Go check it out. It's an hour and 37 minutes long. Oh, is he iDubs TV? It's, no. It's an hour <laughs> and 37 minutes long, and it's entitled Detective Pikachu Full Movie WB. And it's, you should just go check that out. It's the full movie on YouTube for free right now. Go watch it. It's like an hour and 37 minutes long. Go watch it. It's good. Okay, I'll go watch it. The movie that. is good. Okay, I'll go watch I, wa I watched it at work. It's good. I'll go watch that I entire... I watched the entire movie. I'll watch that entire movie on Ryan Reynolds' YouTube channel. What is it? At Ryan Reynolds? There's no ats on YouTube, you ass. Oh, you just do Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Okay. No, you do Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Rayon Reynolds. Look, where I come from, the swamps of Louisiana, we call him Ryan Reynolds. Ryan. All the day we talking about that Ryan Reynolds. You yep. never pronounce the N. Ryan? <laughs> Ryan. Ryan Reynolds? Ryan. Reynolds. We got that Ryan Reynolds on the DVD. So, uh... Detective Pikachu does look better than Sonic. Sonic looks like horseshit. I hate it. And Detective Pikachu looks like a talking Pikachu. Let's go. Let's go on to the next thing. Careful segue. We actually had a perfect moment to kind of start talking about what I wanted to talk about earlier, but that was like an hour ago. So I'm just going to randomly say crunch time. Crunch time. Uh, sure. Uh, crunching makes me think of video games. Because of all the horrible labor practices involved in the industry? Yes, video games are a horrible place, and I really appreciate that uh, the world as... Not the world as a whole, but for the most part, people who are kind of left-leaning are starting to kind of understand 
how unfair labor practices have become in the late capitalist environment, particularly in things like tech and video games. Yeah, fuck you, Bioware. Uh, fuck you, Bioware. Fuck you, Riot Games. Uh, fuck you, most places. Riot Games, a uh, uh, hundred and... No, sorry, not a hundred. Excuse me. 850 employees walked out today in protest at Riot Games. Hashtag Riot Walkout. Don't be a scab. Don't break picket lines. Yep. Uh, however... The video game that I would like to talk about is one that you brought to my attention uh, with a little bit of negativity, and I'd like to turn that around and talk about, of course, Borderlands 3. Borderlands 3, the prince that was promised. Borderlands 3, the first Borderlands game in the first full first-person Borderlands game in seven years. Is that right, your precious little Borderlands? My precious little Borderlands that I love so well. It's a ch- look. It doesn't have the best home life, okay? But but be be precious to it. So let's talk about our favorite Borderlands characters. Just you know the mainstays. You have Gunzerker. What? No. Okay. So at this point, you've got Lilith. Lilith. She's a siren. Uh huh. You've got Mordecai, the sniper. Uh huh. You've got Brick. He's himself. Uh huh. You got. Everyone's favorite, lovable, adorable, annoying, dancing, dubstepping robot. Claptrap. Claptrap. And keep naming characters. You've got the Gunzerker. Uh, his name was Salvador. I don't know if he's coming back. Uh-huh. Uh, Zero so, is coming back. He's zero. in the employment Zero's of, a good of, class, of Reese yeah. of the Hyperion Corporation. Uh-huh. Reese, of course, from Tales from the Borderlands. Takes over Hyperion and now is leading them as its CEO. Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack is no more. Uh huh. For real this time. Handsome Jack on the train. Um, I and maybe Axton is coming back. He was a soldier from two with the turret. Now my favorite character in Borderlands is a character called Randy Pitchford. Randy Pitchford. CEO of Gearbox Entertainment. Entertainment. Uh, and yes. world-renowned magician. <laughs> really? He's a magician. Yeah, he's an actual magician. Man, my favorite... What a fucking asshole. My favorite magic trick he pulled was in 2K Games gave him $12 million to give to Gearbox, and he gave it to himself. Uh, so yeah. Randy Pitchford, yes. CEO of Gearbox Entertainment, is in legal hot water... For the last two years. Yeah, he, wait. People have not been talking about this. He's had lo- two lawsuits. Or at least one. He's had at least two lawsuits. He, he remains in legal trouble. He's currently in a countersuit with someone else. Now, you so this, might... This all goes back to Sega. Sega. So it all goes back to the hedgehog. Sega contacted Gearbox. They said, hey, we want to hire you to make... Aliens Colonial Marines, a, a, a top-down shooter where you can squat up with buddies. We want you to use your experience if you're a multiplayer Borderlands game into making this cooperative alien shooting game. And they and Gearbox, Randy Pitchford Gearbox said, sure, let's do that. And then they outsourced that to a different third party. Yes. While taking all of Sega's money. Yes. And this other per- people... They tried their best, which was not that good. Yes, they made Aliens Colonial Marines, which is one of the most famously broken video games of all time. And and right before, like a week before, I don't know the timelines, a week before release, they gave their working model back to Gearbox. Gearbox fixed a few things and shipped the game. Tons of physical copies. Tons of downloads. Everyone was disappointed. Turned out, 
embarrassingly, people went through the code, the AI didn't work because of a one-letter typo. Yep. That shit don't... So that Sega is... That's one of the legal battles. Yes. One of the legal battles is uh, is that... Now, of course, you might have heard of Randy Pitchford. Let's just catch you up to current, because this is news that's relatively breaking as of today. Uh, so I want to do a little bit more of a deep dive on Randy Pitchford, but just to give you an idea of the kind of person that he allegedly is. Uh, have you heard, ever heard of a man named David Eddings? Oh, you mean David, David Eddings, current head of Rooster Teeth Gaming and ex-vice president? No, sorry. He was an ex-executive level member of Gearbox for yeah. 10 years. He was vice president of marketing. Yes. An executive level member of Gearbox for 10 years, who is the voice of arguably the most identifiable Borderlands character, Claptrap, essentially their mascot. Yes, and he, he voiced, while he was working for the company, he voiced Claptrap for free on top of his other pay and his other duties. Yes, and uh, going into Borderlands 3, David Eddings, who is no longer part of Gearbox, wanted to be uh, paid for his performance of Claptrap to reprise the role. There is some amount of of back and forth, some he said, he said, because it's the games industry, they're all dudes. There's some amb- amb- ambiguity here, because it, it's not clear who contacted who. It's not clear who contacted who. Randy Pitchford makes it sound like David Eddings came back to request the role. Uh, they offered him scale for whatever the role is. But then he recounted on that and said they offered him double scale. David Eddings is saying they offered to not pay him at all. There's a lot going on there. And, and there's some... There's This isn't the... like It would be one thing if this was like a one-off. But this isn't the only voice actor who's not returning to reprise a role. Troy Baker. Troy Baker wanted to reprise the role of Reese, a character he had voiced in Tales of the Borderlands from Telltale Games. Mm -hmm. And according to Randy, uh, Troy said no. But according to Troy, he was never asked. Yes, and uh, Randy Pitchford said that uh, he made a tweet saying he turned it down, and then he made a tweet saying he had heard he had turned it down. Troy Baker is saying he was never asked to reprise the role, and they cast it without consulting him. It's a mess. You're the CEO of a company. and Not even just the CEO, you're also the face of the company. You know? You're not... You're, you're both the C, the faceless CEO and the Todd Howard. Because Todd Howard is like a, a game developer, and yeah. that's why he's a face. Randy Pitchford is, is a nothing. Randy Pitchford... He's a face. He, he is absolutely just a, a, a disappointing face. Now, the thing about Randy Pitchford is, to give you a little bit more color, the David Eddings not getting paid to do Claptrap thing evolved a little bit today. Oh, did it? I missed oh, this. Oh, have you not heard this? I, well, see, I, I, I was caught up until now, mm-hmm. and then stupid things happened at work, so I couldn't do the research I wanted to do. As of maybe six or seven hours ago, their weird Twitter feud had escalated to a point uh, of basically all-out attacks. And David Eddings said that he was trying to use... Okay, so Randy Pitchford said that he was bitter and disgruntled... That's right. ...for not being asked back. And then it started kind of a a genuine Twitter fight between these two people. And then David Eddings said that the reason he was trying to keep the details of ongoing legal action private was because out of respect for Randy Pitchford, he did not want to disclose that he is filing... That Randy Pitchford, like, 
physically assaulted him in 2017 at a hotel during GDC. Oh. Yes. That G-D- is... See? Game Developers Conference. Oh, I thought you were mispronouncing Games Done Quick. No, not AGDQ. Uh, but no, he, he is a, he is saying that he physically assaulted him in a hotel, and there is ongoing legal action for it. So that's the kind of person Randy Pitchford allegedly is. Allegedly. And Granted, none of this might be true. There's the thunder. Well, which means Pitchford has arrived. <laughs> Pitchford is on his way. The dude's a magician. The dude's a CEO. He's a fast talker. He likes to kind of like get in, in front of stories when the whole Epic Games kind of announcement was, was happening. When Epic Games became a thing, Randy Pitchford threw his support at them saying like, I can't wait to, to help support you guys. Mm-hmm. And everyone, everyone was like, wait, what, what does that mean? And Borderlands 3 wasn't even been a thing yet. And then Borderlands 3 rolled around. And Randy Pitchford keeps saying, the game's going to be great on Xbox and PlayStation. It's going to be so good on Xbox and PlayStation. Everyone's like, what about PC? What are you saying? And then the trailer actually drops, and there's no Steam logo. There's an Epic Games logo. And there, there's a whole fallout with that. Randy was like, oh, that's a marketing thing by 2K, our, our publisher. That's over our head. You know, they made the decision there. If you want to, if you have any complaints, go see them because I had nothing to do with it. Which might be true. But he doesn't stop. No. Weeks and weeks later, the same tweet, he is still in the, in the threads defending Epic Games and like, the, the the fans of Borderlands who did not like this decision, they want to voice their dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. They try to do it on the Epic Game Store. There's no user reviews. There's no outlet for fan disappointment. So they turn to where they can. Steam has reviews. There are Gearbox games on Steam. There are review bots. Yeah. And Randy responds in, like, the most tyrannical way possible. Well, I guess this justifies us going to Epic Games, because they don't have user reviews. Great. Where you can attack games that are not even relevant. And then Steam kicked in a policy saying, Oh, no. We're going to remove all those review bombs, because they're not fair. Kind of showing, like, hey, look, we're just like Epic Games. You know who suffers? The fucking consumer. Yeah. There are so many moves right now on PC gaming that is just anti-consumer. And in the center of it, in one little corner of the galaxy, is Randy Magician Pitchford. I don't like him. Uh, Randy Pitchford doesn't seem like a great guy, allegedly. Now, here's something to keep in mind. Uh, All of this, all of the David Eddings stuff fell out of a massive Twitter meltdown that Randy Pitchford had about microtransactions, which will be in Borderlands 3. Wait, no, no, they won't. They will be. Hold on. He said there will be no microtransactions, but there will be stuff you can purchase for money in-game. Oh, now, what's you're a, right. what's a word for that? Uh, probably like a mini-buy. Mini-buy? Mini-buy. Uh, now, 
I talked earlier about my favorite uh, Randy Pitchford magic trick being making $12 million appear in his bank account. Yeah. Um, I think I probably actually have a more favorite Randy Pitchford uh, magic trick. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, my favorite Randy Pitchford magic trick is leaving a USB stick full of company secrets and underage pornography at medieval times. Uh, But he came back and said that it was barely legal. legal. Which is like... The most sleazebag defense, like not even denying. He's like, no, it might look like underage porn. It's actually barely legal. What a fucking alleged creep. You have so many avenues to take. You can deny outright that it's yours. You could say, no, that that's the one. That's the one you yeah. go with. That's the one. You deny any, pl- you know, it's not mine. Somebody else must have done it. No, his route is, it is mine. And that porn, I know for a fact, <laughs> she just turned 18 as of a few hours ago, I so checked, it's fine. I checked her birth certificate. Uh, and also, this is stuff that I don't even want to get into. If you go down far enough the Randy Pitchford hole, there's some really gross stuff. Look up, like, peacock parties and, like, gearbox parties and stuff. Like, like I said, it's all alleged. I don't know. It's all part of ongoing legal proceedings. But man, this dude seems like he straight up allegedly sucks. My favorite Randy Pitchford magic trick is that he took all of the goodwill that... This company is in dire fucking straits. Like, they have released bomb after bomb. Duke Nukem Forever. Alien Colonial Marines. uh, Battleborn. Just failure after failure. Wait, who do you main in Battleborn? No one. Your, I never played it. Who's your main Battleborner? Uh, the Samurai Fungus. Great. And Borderlands is really the only game that Gearbox has. They created a genre, the looter shooter. They took Diablo, they put guns in it, and it, it, it was applauded. It, you go back and play Borderlands 1, it's not a good game. Borderlands 2 is absolutely one of the best sequels ever made. Borderlands, the pre-sequel, was stupid and Australian. N- not stupid because it was Australian, but stupid because Gearbox didn't give uh, 2K Australia the tools they needed to succeed, and thus that's why it's stupid. Yeah. But the announcement of Borderlands 3, everyone, the internet, everyone was on their side. Finally, this is what we wanted. Seven years we waited. However long we waited for a true sequel to Borderlands 2, and it the marketing is on point. The, the the presentation has its faults. He does a magic trick of a board game that people are kind of like, just give us Borderlands 3. There's some gags that didn't go over well, but still, everyone's on your side. Yeah. And then, just over the next two months, announcement after announcement, just like flipping off your player base, your, your fan base. Only on Epic Games Store on PC when you've supported Steam for years. Microtransactions, when you said there's no microtransactions. All this stupid stuff about not getting fan-favorite voices back in the game. And physically assaulting them. And physically assaulting people. Like, if you want to say that you deserve, like, all of that hype was was well-deserved, you don't hide this stuff. You... He put it out in yeah. front. We didn't hire that guy because we didn't want to pay him and also because there's legal action. Like, 
you get in front of the stores. Yes, we have to do microtransactions, but there are microtransactions in Borderlands 2 and it wasn't that big of a deal. They're cosmetics. They're not loot chests or anything like that. Don't say there's no microtransactions, because yeah. there are. At some point, you have to realize that you're just running a, a scummy operation with extremely talented, gifted people, and I in no way want the... Which, by the nature of the industry, if we do shit on Borderlands 3 enough, the people who make this game will suffer. But I'm sure that there are a lot of really talented, hardworking, wholehearted people at Gearbox, but Randy Pitchford runs a shady operation, and there's only two people on Earth. Randy Pitchford and a thrift store-centric arsonist who can burn that much goodwill in that short a period of time. That is the... Oh my god, did you just come up with that? Yeah, man. High five. I got brains. Oh man, that was a good joke. Yeah, it was pretty good. I feel... Now I'll just bask in the glow. As just we, bask in that glow. As we, uh, praise me for it on a recorded medium. <laughs> I think uh, if you are a CEO of a major game developer, maybe take a back seat. Maybe let... The game, the actual game developer, take point. Yeah, I don't know who the CEO of Bethesda is. I know Todd Howard because he is the lead game designer. Like, let someone else be the face of your company while you, if you have all these legal things, these legal battles you're facing, maybe it's time for to cool it to to to, to be on the down low so yeah. that that doesn't become the major forefront of the entire company so you don't throw everyone under the bus you should let someone else take point while you i don't know resign that would be cool you know it would be a first for the games industry because like the me too movement hit hollywood hard i wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of me too moments in the games industry oh i'm sure there are tons i mean if you wanted to go if you wanted to do a bad thing but a good thing for you you could pull a bobby kodak What's Bobby who? Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision Blizzard, who said we need to take the fun out of making games. Oh, did he kill himself in front of a live studio audience? <laughs> no, he just stopped talking and let other people talk instead. So instead, he's they're still doing what they're doing. They're still taking the fun out of games. Yes, absolutely. Uh, can I tell you my favorite Bobby Kotick story? I, I've never heard of this man. You remember Guitar Hero World Tour? Is that the last Guitar Hero? Maybe. This was like 2006? Yeah. Seven? Uh, Guitar Hero World Tour. So Bobby Kotick was being interviewed at an Activision Blizzard sponsored like web event? Like a webinar? Like a warnar? Uh, Bobby Kotick is describing Guitar Hero World Tour to a uh, paid interviewer who is paid to interview him. Yes. Uh, and he says... It's the first music game where you can play microphone, drums, guitar. You can have a whole band. Rock band. He's like, we're proud to announce. He says, we're proud to announce Guitar Hero World Tour. It's the first, you know, music game where you can have guitar, microphone, drums. He trails off the interview and goes, I believe it's called Rock Band. And after the most pregnant pause, he goes, we're calling it Guitar Hero World Tour. Not scripted. He is trying to sell this as the first ever thing, and she's legitimately confused as to why he is incorrectly stating that this is the first of these things. And uh, she was probably very fired. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah. Shout Ooh, out the to rain. Yeah, the rain. But shout out to that that reporter. I feel like her name was like Kara Swisher or something. Shout out to maybe Kara Swisher. 
you deserved better than whatever you got because I would do the same thing. <laughs> like that's the weird thing about games journalism. A lot of the journalists are gamers. Yeah, they know things. They've played the games, and like when these marketing people want to sell lies to you, they want to sell. Yeah, it's the first game where you and your friends can get together. One of you on guitar, one of you on boys, we've got drums. And you can just correctly say, like, I played rock band last night You're like, with I'm, a group of friends. You're like, just because all you do is sip champagne out of a duck skeleton doesn't mean you can, like, talk to me about what is the first thing. I have to wonder who the CEOs of game development companies are. Bad people. How do they... Bad people. How do they They're get... They're bad people. How do they get that job? Like... I feel like if you ha- if you're in an industry, you have to be a fan of that industry. Like, if you are the the for an example, if you're an executive at WB, the film studio, yeah, you have to be a fan of movies. And if your studio starts making comic book movies, you have to be a fan of those comics. Like, uh-huh. that's a requirement. You need to have, or at least just do a little research, do the legwork, read a Wikipedia article or something, and get some knowledge before you're like. Hey, can we can we hire Joss Whedon to make these movies funny? Uh, in in a perfect world, that is what CEOs would be. But for the most part, CEOs and I believe this truly, they're just like cancerous, lucky ogres. So you you just need a fully, truly unpleasant people who are very lucky, and they become CEOs. You you hire people who are obstinate enough to get results, but not necessarily do they give a shit about anything. They're just a very specific, rare personality type that is immune to shame. Yeah. And those people, you can't help pro- but promote them. Because they thrive in a, in a corporate capitalist structure. Like, CEOs get traded like crazy. CEOs are more protected than, like, Catholic priests in terms of the insane malfeasances they can get away with and just be shuffled around. Like, CEOs are just... They're fine I because hate they're genetic mutants. I hate them all. CEOs are they're, they're a very specific kind of person, and that person is more often than not not a good person. Statistically, they are sociopaths. And this is for very large companies. You can be a CEO of a small company before. No, fuck company. you! You can be. Fuck you, mom and pop store CEO. <laughs> you can be. It's it happens. I'm uh, calling you out, Ben Brode. But for the for the who's Ben Brode? He was a Hearthstone developer for a very long time, and then he's he quit to become to found his own gaming studio. I don't know if he's the CEO, but I'm just I it's a fun name to say. Ben Brode. Ben Brode. Uh, no CEOs are bad people, and as we've discussed with Randy Pitchford, allegedly a bad person. And I hope he listens, and I hope he feels bad. I hope he listens, and he feels bad, but doesn't sue us. Why would he sue us? We talked, well, we did say alleged all these times. And nothing we said is not public record in some form or another. We didn't say anything that hasn't been reported anywhere else. That's how we protect ourselves. We plagiarize. Yay! That's why people plagiarize. (laughs) To protect themselves. To protect themselves from lawsuits. I plagiarize because I feel vulnerable. What? That's why people have guns. Oh... You had a whole gun thing prepared? Oh, yeah. I'm super pro-gun, man. Glocks. Let me tell you about all the... Wait. Uh, Gun brands I know. Glocks. That's not a brand. That's just a type of gun. Heckler and Koch. That might be a brand. Glocks a brand? 
I thought Glock was just a type of gun. No, you got like the Glock 16, the Glock 18. It's a brand. It's a you brand? Got, you got Smith & Wesson. That's you the only one I know. Sig Sauer. You right. got uh, Kalashnikov. Cowboy Repeater. You got Laser Rifle. You got Plasma Pistol. You got Laptop Gun. You got, you got Clob. You got the, the Shell, which shoots shotgun. Did we do an Enter the Gungeon? Oh, is Enter the Gungeon good? I played two hours, and I suck. It's on the eShop. I suck at it. I'm getting my bonus soon. Should I buy a Switch game? You should invest that into U.S. Mutual Bonds. Oh, no thanks. U.S. Mutual Bonds. The only way to cook. I mean, the I, could, books. I could put it in, uh, in Municipal Bonds. Whoa. Triple tax free. Triple Whoa. tax protected. Get to tax, tax, tax. Get your tax on. At tax off. Get your tax off of me. Taxonomy? There's a... Trying to make a thing. This is my digit. My tax <laughs> digit. I cast taxes on people. Oh, man. Well, there's like an accountant class and D&D. And That'd just, be great. Or like a tax collector. <laughs> yeah, I'd be that. Oh. So we're at... I don't know when we started because I'm bad at paying attention. We started at like 15. Well, then we're just over an hour, which is 10 minutes short of our usual usual time lately. But you know what that means? What? When we start talking about how long we've been recording. That means we have to go for another 10 minutes. Okay, let's just name Gunbrands now. I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're done. This rain has really damped my spirits. Dampened. Dampened. Oh, because... Rain makes you wet, and you get damp. Dampened, yeah. Dampered. Hey, real quick, one last second. I, I brought this up on the Twitter weeks ago. You brought up during some time ago. It's very foggy. I believe we were scared at the time. You brought up the legend of La Llorona. Yeah. They're, they made a movie. I mentioned that in the episode. Yeah, I brought it up because they were making a movie about La Llorona. Also, La Llorona is very famous. The Wailing Woman. The Lady of the Lake. He's gonna cut this all out. (laughs) Never mind. Didn't mean to shut you down, but... I have nothing else to talk about. If people did listen to the episode, then you would sound like a right ass. There are no other... It's not like people remember what we say from episode to episode. God knows I don't, and I did it. I know, same. I don't know how other people do. Remember things? From episode to episode. You must, like, listen to the episode or something. I don't anymore because you stopped. Yeah. You should start listening to episodes again. I have a lot of downtime. Are podcasts the opiates for the masses? It just started raining really heavily. I think that's your answer. Can I just hang out at your house until the rain stops? Absolutely, man. Great. Alright, so let's just... We're, we're swirling in that rain drain and that gutter, that itsy-bitsy spider spout. Let's go ahead and let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get the... Let's, let's end the episode. Let's end the episode, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Henry, because hashtag name that spider, you cowards... Send that to at zcpcwha on twitter.com and we will name that spider. 
Now, did we set up that you have to take a picture of the spider first, or can people just jump on this right now? No, people should just do it right now, because I don't know if we're going to get a picture of the spider. And also, it's very small, so I'd have to get very close. And that's not going to happen! <laughs> Hashtag name that spider, you cowards. We will name the spider. And you might even be able to send us your recommendations for spider names. If they're good enough, we'll definitely use them. If you want to send us some very long spider names, maybe with a signature attached, you can do so at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. When's the last time you updated your email signature with your professional designations? Maybe. Think about it. And, of course, we are on Facebook. You can find us by searching for Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook search bar. Facebook is, I believe, cancelled. When's the last time you streamed? More Is it more than three months ago? No, it's, it's more than three months. We are on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash zero credits. We stream sometimes. We might be streaming soon. I've got a couple... Pretty neat ideas up my sleeve. Oh, do you? You haven't shared them with me, your co-host and best friend. Are you my best friend? We're on Spotify. Look for zero credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses on the podcast section of Spotify, which is where everyone finds podcasts, I guess. I don't know what they do. We are on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. I think we're on both, or maybe one has superseded the other. I think one is super... Don't use iTunes. Use Apple Podcasts. Use Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us a like. If you leave us a review, that does so much to let other people know about the podcast because everyone has an Apple device. We want people to be listening to us in their AirPods. We want the bougiest listeners to listen to our soft leftist takes. Do you know that meme where it's like, oh no, Blank can't hear, they got the AirPods in. Do you know that meme? No. Okay, there's, so there's a meme where someone's about to meet like certain death. And it's like, wait, look out for that. Oh, they can't hear us. They got AirPods in. We want to be the voice in those AirPods. Are they called AirPods? Yeah. AirPods during that meme. Make our meme dream come true by leaving us a review on Apple MewPod. It, the rhymes ended. Apple Podcast. Now, the interesting thing about it is as we start listening to more music and we find our music to be more portable, all of us will eventually have the soundtrack to our own deaths. So if the Zero Podcast could be the last thing you listen to before you get slammed into by a double-decker bus... Jesus fucking Christ, what? <laughs> that would be... Great. You ever heard that song by the Smiths? I've heard a song called Bury Your Friend by Billie Eilish. Oh, I've heard a song called Mission Impossible by Bury Your Dead. And the most important thing before you meet your untimely end is the word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your friend and... I was going to do another wife one. Tell your friends during your life or your afterlife will be full of strife. You rhymed life with life, but then you ended up at strife. That was a, what, that's what I like to call an A-B-B-B rhyme. It's just A-A-A. Yeah, it's true. That's a bad rhyme. Triple A rhyme! Let's go! So you can tell anybody you like, and odds are they'll tell other people because this is a quality product, and it will grow exponentially in everyone that you love, everyone that you know, everyone that you hate, everyone at your funeral will know about the Zero Credits podcast, and that will be 
your ongoing legacy. What do you want people to say at your funeral? Do they want to say, you always paid your bills on time? Do you want them to say, you finished your education or you died without debt? No. You want people to say you lived your life to the fullest. You lived your life with passion and intensity and the Zero Credits podcast is to blame for your death. And I just want to give a special shout out to Jeff who stopped listening 10 minutes ago because he told me that on voice over internet protocol. <laughs> VoIP! And from everyone here at the Zero Credits spider-infested studio apartment, apartment studios, we want to wish you a creepy, crawly, spidery, rainy week. spider by. Spider bye. Spider bye, man. Spider bye, man. Spider bye, man. Does whatever a spider fly, man. Does he swing, man. From a guy, man. Listen, bud, man. You will die, man. Look out, man. Here comes I'm coming, bus. Goodbye. You'll be killed by a bus. Good bus. It'd be really cool if, like, the people who listen to this actually died. <laughs> <laughs>